0: This is The Jerry Callahan Show. All
1: right, a quick uh, preview of what's to come on Boston Sports Radio today. You ready? You ready for this? You ready for this? Here it is. The refs screwed us. They screwed us. They suck. I can't believe that call in the third quarter when Marcus Smart, when he pushed off and he fell down. And why'd they screwed us? Why won't they call the game fairly They're going to screw us out of an NBA title, those friggin' refs. (sighs) All right, that's it for our preview of uh, Boston Sports Radio. I'll just give you a quick stat before we uh, get into the Celtics game. It was an amazing game. It was a crazy game. It was one of those games that you feel like, I've never seen this before. That's why sports is great, as we always tell you. There are days you watch and you say, holy crap, I've never seen this before. We can get to that. We can get to the... uh, the, the incredible, incredibly poor game Steph Curry had. But quick stat, uh, free throws last night in game five, won by the Warriors at home. Free throws, Celtics 31, Warriors 15. Fouls, Warriors 28, Celtics 16. Celtics had 16 fouls, called them an entire game. And we're going to listen today to people say all day, how the refs screwed them it's just absurd but uh we can get into that and so much more from this wild and crazy game the series is 3-2 coming back to boston on thursday thursday we will make history in the city of boston we will make history with the biggest worst traffic jam in the city's history i'm just going to um, i'm there's another preview for you the worst traffic jam in history, you will have 35,000 people heading to the country club in Brookline for the first day of the U S open. You will have a home game for the Boston Red Sox. Not that anybody cares. I'm sure there's lots of, uh, you know, kids, neighborhood kids getting tickets from people, season ticket holders who don't want to go because there are better things to do, but there will be whatever 20,000 people heading to Fenway and there'll be a Celtics game at home that night, which, um, It means the whole city will be just jammed up. Good luck to people trying to get to any of those games. You better take the T, take the train, take an Uber, walk, ride your bike. It's going to be nuts. Uh, Speaking of the U.S. Open, Phil Mickelson stepped before the media for 25 minutes of uncomfortable questions. And uh, I'm not sure why it's all about Mickelson. I guess he's the biggest star. He got the most money from the Saudis. But he was asked about uh, taking blood money from the from the kingdom of Saud, and he uh, he addressed it uncomfortably. He didn't do what I think he should do. He'd say he should say, "What about China? What about China? If we're going to suddenly put everything to a morality test, why is it okay to take money from communist China, but not from the theocratic dictator you know, the the kingdom?" Um, he didn't say that he should, he should, uh, Stephen, a, uh, my prediction came true. ESPN is bashing, uh, Jack Del Rio, but as usual, they are ignorant. They're ill-informed. They don't know what they're talking about when it comes to January 6th or about the BLM riots. We'll play you some of that. Stephen A's take on the Jack Del Rio story. Um, and Stan Van Gundy, NBA retread, who's been hired and fired by like 17 different teams, made millions. His last job, he made $5 million for eight months in New Orleans. He thinks people should stop complaining about inflation and start worrying about the real crisis facing America. The 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 insurrection, the overthrow, the attempted overthrow of the U.S. government by a bunch of unarmed MAGA morons will give you... Uh, Stan Van Gundy's take, and uh, you know who doesn't have a take? LeBron James. LeBron James. A kid was murdered, beaten to death in the parking lot of LeBron James's high school. And LeBron James, who's always quick to tweet about, uh, about violence, about uh, crimes that, uh, that happen anywhere in the country. This happened right at his high school, and he has had, he has had nothing to say We'll tell you about that uh, really disturbing story and uh, LeBron James uh, telling uh, silence on that today on The Callahan Show, brought to you by Athletic Greens. All right, our newest sponsor, Athletic Greens, is a product I've added to my morning routine, and I use it every day. Instead of taking daily supplements for my nutrition, I use AG1 to get 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals, whole-source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start my day right. The founder of athletic greens experienced a bunch of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine costing him over a hundred bucks a day. This led him to take his health into his own hands and create athletic greens for a more optimal nutrition routine. Ever since I started taking AG1, I've noticed improved energy throughout the day, better sleep, and improved recovery after my runs and workouts. All I do is put one scoop in a glass of water each morning. I used to I drink water all the time in the morning. Now I just add a scoop and I'm good to go. It has a mild and tropical taste, and it's much easier than choking down a bunch of vitamins in pill form. And it's way cheaper than the alternatives, costing less than three bucks a day. If you're going to invest in anything, it might as well be your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Again, that's athleticgreens.com g-e-r-r-y to take ownership over your health, and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, Ironhead. I know you lost money last night. Do you want to do the Celtics game, or do you want to get into this Jack Del Rio thing? Because uh, because I feel like I I know I, I I got one prediction right. I got one prediction right. I told you what would happen on ESPN. They would demonize and villainize and lie about Jack Del Rio. But I didn't. I did not see this coming in the NBA. Here's why I don't spend personally. I've never felt like I spent a lot of time, whether it was on the radio or on this show with you. Uh, I, I don't spend a lot of time with the with the nuts and bolts, getting into the weeds on the NBA and telling you what's happening. Even though I'm, I'm watching, I, I think I, I I I know what's going on here. You know why it's a it's futile, it's it's pointless to spend too much time breaking it down and analyzing it because no one knows nothing. That's why. No one. I don't care if you're if you're if you're Stan Van Gundy or Jeff Van Gundy. I don't care if you're Bob Ryan or Jackie McMullen. Uh, clearly, some people know know their NBA. Nobody told me what was going to happen last night. Nobody saw that one coming, which is why it was so entertaining. Unless you're a bitter uh, Celtics fan this morning, pissed off at uh, at the way the refs called the game. I mean, you have to appreciate what you saw last night. It was something nobody expected, something nobody saw coming. In fact, just the opposite. I mean, I I said just the opposite, that the Celtics were going to win the series despite the fact that the Warriors have by far the best player out there. They were going to win the series because they had the better, deeper, bigger, tougher team, but the Warriors had the better player, the best player. And there was talk, I I believe, on ESPN – uh, over the last couple of days, one of the questions, one of those dumb, you know, first take kind of questions was, will Steph Curry win the series, win the finals MVP, even if his team loses? Because Steph Curry has not won a finals MVP and he sure seemed to be on his way. The game he had in game four in Boston was one of the great performances in NBA finals history when he scored 43 And I don't think he had an open, uncontested shot. It was off balance, 30 footers. He was just amazing. And I said the Celtics would overcome that. They would win. Curry might win the MVP, but he clearly was the best player. What we saw last night, I I couldn't take my eyes off it. You know, even when it was over at the end and they took him out for the last few minutes, Kurt took Curry out. But he had a couple of, you know, final heaves from three point land thinking they probably would like to get him that three. He he, he hadn't missed, he hadn't had a game without a three since November of 2018, 300 and something straight games. In his last 38 straight playoff games, he's had at least two three-pointers. He's never had a game in the postseason without a three-pointer. He's just, I mean, the greatest shooter ever. He's, he was having a great series. He was just unstoppable. If you gave him a little bit of daylight, he was going to nail the three. He didn't have one last night. He was all for 9 at home. He was 7 for 22 from the floor. It was remarkable. And they weren't close, if you watch the game. Steph Curry, they weren't in and out. You know, They weren't just, just missing. He was way off. You're thinking when Curry clanked, I don't know, it was fifth or sixth three-pointer, You're saying, okay, the Celtics are going to take control of this game any minute because the the best – I mean, he kept shooting. I mean, he took nine of them and missed them all. Um, But somehow the Celtics lose and lose handily. Uh, I don't know. What was the line on this one, Ironhead? They
0: lose by 10. It was uh Celtics plus three and a half or four and a plus
1: half plus three and a half. So they so the, the Warriors won the game they covered, they took control of the series, despite the fact that uh Steph Curry, the best player out there, was as bad as he's ever been in an NBA game. Just amazing how bad he was. And it wasn't just, by the way, it wasn't just shooting threes. He looked in a fuck when he was driving w- with the ball when he was, you know, trying to make his move. Uh try to get to the hoop. He looked bad. He just looked bad. He only had one turnover. I don't care. He looked bad. Um, He uh, played uh, 37 minutes. Like I said, seven for 23 uh, for 22 from the floor. And obviously, he's, he can be a liability on defense because he's not not that big, not that strong. And sometimes he flops on the offensive end and doesn't even get back on defense. But didn't matter. Andrew Wiggins came up huge at 28 points. He was just amazing. He had uh, 13 rebounds. He picked up the slack. Klay uh, Thompson hit some three, hit five threes. He was good. But it's, it's, it's uh, incredible that the end of that game immediately, you know, Celtics fans, Twitter or and and I'm sure Boston Sports Radio is talking about the refs, the refs. I'm sorry. I know you're pissed. I know you thought you were going to win this series. I still think you can because you're going to win. I think the Celtics will win at home Thursday and then you have a game seven. And I'll speak for everybody who's watching. I'll speak for every expert who's jotting down their notes and watching the thing on replay and studying. They know nothing. Nobody knows what's going to happen in game six or seven for that matter. So I hope it goes seven. I hope we get to see an extremely intense game seven, go down to the wire in San Francisco on Sunday night, Father's day. That will be awesome. But uh, Jason Tatum's taking a beating, even though he is, you know, I mean, he was, he was hell of a lot better than Steph Curry in this game. Uh, Tatum scored 27 points, hit five threes, had 10 boards, um, but in the fourth quarter, he was one of five in 11 minutes in the fourth quarter. Turned the ball over, had four turnovers in the game. But two, again, two the, the, air balls too down
0: the that's stretch. That's true,
1: two air balls. But I think that was things were getting desperate at that point. But again, you're, the, the the Warriors had literally they had 15 free throws for the whole game. They were they hit 13 of them. The Celtics missed 10 free throws. The Celtics, and they play hard and they play tough and they're intense. And you could call a foul ostensibly on Marcus Smart on every play. He's that physical. He's a great defensive player, but he is grabbing guys and pushing guys and 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 when they called that that slap in the face of Jordan Poole and Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy called it a flop, I'm not sure the the first one he missed and the second one he came down with another face slap, he might've caught a little nose. It was a flop, but it could have been a foul as well. And, he, and 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 then everyone was bitching when Clay Thompson uh, pushed off a little bit and flop and smart went down. Like he got shot by a sniper and Clay Thompson drained the three. That's a flop too. I mean, that's, a, I mean, Marcus smart is strong as hell. He is, he is sturdy, and he is stout, and you don't go down that easy legitimately. You have to flop. So he flopped. Klay Thompson hit the three, and then everyone in the uh, Celtic clan was bitching. But they got more calls. More calls went their way than went the Warriors' way, and you really can't make a case for how the refs screwed them. I know they had a couple of technicals. I don't know what was said. Uh, the official said uh, – Eme pointed at him, but whatever. Said he got out of the coach's box. Whatever. That was a that was one technical foul. Uh, they lost by uh, double digits. So, I'm I'm glad I'm not gonna be sitting there, you know, taking calls from angry Celtics fans all day about how the refs screwed us and will they give us a chance in Game Six? You had your chances. You had plenty of chances. What they have? I think before garbage time, the Celtics had one basket in the fourth quarter, and then they had a couple of. Uh, Garbage time uh, hoops for the uh, Warriors weren't even playing any defense, but uh, they were uh, absolutely awful in the fourth quarter. Turned the ball over 18 times. They're on pace to set a record for turnovers. I believe Jason Tatum now had, had has, uh, was it eight, uh, 95 turnovers in the postseason? I mean, he tries to do too much. I said that before the series. He gets in trouble when he thinks he's going to take over and he's going to slash to the hoop and make his little spin move. And sometimes he gets on a roll and he looks great. And other times it's uh, doing the uh, uh, other team a favor. And last night was one of those cases where he just was turning the ball over. He was careless. Oh, that's the other thing you're going to get on sports radio today. They got to limit the turnovers. That's that's a great, astute observation. Too many turnovers. Really? You yeah. know what? If I'm the coach, if I'm Eme, I gather the team around today at practice. I say, hey, guys, let's limit the turnovers. I got an idea. I got an idea. I studied the film. We have to stop turning the ball over. Would you agree, Ironhead? Do you think they should stop turning the ball over?
0: That's a great idea. I think they that should is- also make free throws. That would be good. They missed 10 of them. That's a good point. You missed 10
1: free throws. Uh, you miss, uh what did you miss? You missed 21 threes. That was an amazing, I mean, another thing you just don't ever see. The Celtics set a record, an NBA finals record, for starting the game uh, 0 for 12 on three-pointers, 0 for 12. And you're watching this, you saying, they're going to get smoked. They They can't hit the three like most NBA teams. They rely on the three. Then they go off and hit eight in a row. Eight three pointers in a row. Both of those are records: the 0 for 12 start, and the most threes in a row by an NBA team. But it is, it is amazing. You know, like uh, what it was. Who used to say? Was it uh, Rick Bettino? Make or miss league. A lot of coaches say it. it's a make or miss league. You make the shot, you win. You miss the shot, you lose. Again, another very deep thought. But that's what happened with the Celtics. They were 0 for 12 and getting smoked. They come back hit eight in a row. And uh, get right back in it and take the lead. And and I'm saying, I I was thinking the Celtics are going to win this game because Curry was so bad, and he's one of those guys who's so who's you know just such a great shooter, great scorer that you say he won't stop shooting. You know, if you're a mediocre player, you know, good player, if you're whoever, if you're a Andrew Wiggins or, or Al Horford, you, you you're missing. You stop shooting. You know, you just don't keep launching. But Curry's one of those guys in that stratosphere, one of those elite scorers, elite shooters that you say he's going to keep shooting, which was good for the Celtics because he kept shooting and kept missing. And it didn't, it didn't matter in the end. Uh, I think one thing everyone's going to predict for the next three days, two days yeah, three days is Curry will come out firing and Curry will have a much better game in game six. Hell, you think for a shooter, kind of a streak shooter, when he's more than that, but being at home, that would help. He was spectacular in Boston, in a hostile environment, in a in a in a gym that he's not real used to. And he was awful at home. So who knows? I think he'll he'll be great. He's 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 too good to go out like that or to have another game like that. And he won't, he won't, he'll have a good game and it'll be a problem for the Celtics, but they'll win game six, setting up a, 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 just an awesome Sunday of sports, an awesome Sunday where you get the U S open final round in, uh, in Brookline. The boys are all here. All those live traders. Yeah, we should just do this. We should just get into this too, because, uh, Um, I mean, it's so awkward. It's so weird. But you know what? In the end, unless you're going to say Chinese money is okay, it's good. Saudi money is bad. If you take money from the Chinese Communist Party, who have people in concentration camps, who use slave labor, who have forced sterilization, forced abortion, we know the human rights violations. If that's good, and if you can do that in your mind, you know, have that moral you know, equivalency or lack of equivalency, you know, good, good for you. Good for you. Um, And, and you can condemn all the guys who took the Saudi money, you know, good for you. That's kind of what the media is doing. That's what a lot of the people in the media, that's what Christine Brennan uh, from, I think from, uh, I think she's from USA today now. I don't know. I don't remember ever reading her, but she's always front row setter in these issues and a very predictable, squishy, bleeding heart liberal who grilled tried to grill Phil Mickelson yesterday. We'll get to that because it's funny. A whole bunch of guys are taking Saudi money, right? Including Dustin Johnson and Patrick Reed and Ricky Fowler, we think, and Kevin Na. And it's like, they're going to let Phil be the guy, wear black, grow his beard out and uh, face the questions because he's the biggest star. He took the most money, but also because there's a biography out about him now, a tell all by Alan Shipnick, Shipnick, where they uh, claim he's lost $40 million gambling and he needs the money and he's had to sell his private jet and uh, the Saudis came to the rescue. Nobody's going to defend Saudi Arabia. Nobody's going to defend the kingdom, except maybe Joe Biden, which, again, I would throw this question, we got into this yesterday, to the people who are going to condemn guys who took Saudi money your president is on his way to Saudi Arabia to bow before the king to beg them to uh, pump more oil to release more oil. If they're such such uh, tyrants, if they're such monsters, this such if they're so evil, why are we doing business with them? Why are we selling them all their weapons? Why are we? I mean, they we are propping them up is what we're doing. If they're so bad that you can't let them, you know. Our golfers? Then why are you let them buy all our weapons? Why are you begging them for oil? That's how sick. I don't. I don't want to get sidetracked on this again. But that's how sick the Green New Deal nuts are. These people, these Ed Markey's and AOCs and all the, the whole Democrat Party. They're. This is their the strategy to shut down U.S. oil production to no longer be independent, to shut down the pipeline, to shut down drilling in Alaska and Anwar and, 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 and shut down the Keystone pipeline for environmental reasons, and then go beg the theocratic fascists in Saudi Arabia to pump us oil. So, you know, we, it doesn't get too, you know, so we have enough oil. What the hell is the difference? In fact, it's worse for them. They don't care about the environment here. We have all kinds of regulations when we pump oil, but, to satisfy, to placate the lunatic left, the AOCs and the Ed Marquis, Joe Biden shut down U.S. oil production. At the same time, we're asking Venezuela and Saudi Arabia to pump more oil. So obviously it has nothing to do with the environment, the earth, fossil fuels. Uh, it's, just, it's just throwing a bone to these lunatics. Who don't care about the the economy? Who don't care? Who don't care if it makes any sense? They just want to feel good. Oh, good! We shut down that awful, evil pipeline. We're no longer drilling in Alaska. And we're not going to hurt the polar bears. But what about what they're doing in Saudi Arabia? Aren't they doing the same thing? They're drilling through the ground into the earth, getting their oil, and giving it, selling it to us. But uh, anyway, that's the kind of the destruction from the uh, from the green new dealers. They're they're forcing their Puppet president to go on bended knee to Saudi Arabia, so we'll take their oil, but you shouldn't take their money if you're a golfer. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to we'll get to Phil because I, you know, he he still gets to play in the U.S. Open. Um, he still he'll go out there, I guess, with no logos again, or put the black paint. He he, he wore a, a, an Augusta. I'm not sure why he can't wear an Augusta jacket in uh, in London the other day, but like. Uh, put some like magic mark or some uh, sharpie to to on the logo, and didn't wear any of his logos because all the companies dumped him because he took the Saudi money. If you all the sponsors,
0: yeah. If you watched live too, every, it looked like everyone else uh, except Dustin Johnson lost RBC, but other than that, it looked mm-hmm. like everyone had all their sponsors still. That's right. Dustin had tailor-made
1: still, right? Because yeah. I was wondering if they were going to dump him, and uh, you know, I guess you know they're free to make their call, but the idea. Uh, again, I'm not, I'm no fan of Saudi Arabia. God knows. I, I don't know why we, <laughs> uh, I don't know why our president's over there begging him. I, it's, it's disturbing. That's much more disturbing than a golfer playing a tournament in London and uh, cashing a check from, from Saudi, uh, you know, from the Saudi government. But Phil has to take the brunt. He has to take all the bullets and the other guys kind of lurk in the shadows, which is fine. He's the biggest star making the most money, but he didn't go there with China. I don't think I, I mean, I, I know he stood before the media for 25 minutes and it was uncomfortable at times and and we'll get to it, but he didn't do the China thing. You know, he'll probably do that off the record, pull someone aside, say, why, why are we getting crushed for taking blood money when the, the, the tournament, the, tour takes millions, probably billions in the end from China. When Nike takes money from China, why is it all on us? But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit there and say these are bad people, bad Americans. for taking Saudi money. They should stick to the PGA tour and just take that Chinese money. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's sad that the 9-11 families, the victims' families... Are, are, are watching this and taking an offense to this and want answers. and They're writing letters to the players. But there's a hell of a lot of victims of the Chinese Communist Party, too. Should they send letters to, to Rory McIlroy and, uh, you know, the Tiger Woods today and say, you know, how can you take that Chinese money? Should they send letters to the NBA and say, why are you taking money? from These evil, awful people. It just seems like a real slippery slope to say, well, you can't take money from Saudi Arabia. You can only take money from China. Or maybe the UAE, that's okay, but not, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia. And uh, I, 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 I expect we'll get to that. But at this point, they're just going to make Phil and the rest of the live guys feel uncomfortable and feel disloyal and feel like they have to apologize for their new uh, employer. But I'll give Phil credit. I don't think... He maybe he is required by the rules to face the media, but uh, he's Phil Mickelson. He could have blown it off and said, "You know, I got a headache. You know, not today. I got to practice." Uh, I think it's pretty tough for him to compete in the U.S. Open. He's too old, and he just has to be has to be some somewhat of a basket case uh, mentally at this point. But the big attraction, the big moment yesterday was when the full when the full press tent was there, and Phil dressed in black. Stood up and uh, faced the questions about uh, the blood money from the kingdom. Uh, let's listen. This is Christine Brennan Grillingham bab- babbling on, not you know necessarily asking a question, doing a little a little presentation for all the world. And finally, Phil says, "Is there a question in there?" Which was a a good question by Phil. But let's listen to the question. You have the question here, right, yep. Ironhead? Yep. Let's listen to the question and the answer in Brookline yesterday.
2: Right.
3: Phil, Christine Brennan, hi there. Uh, As uh, you know, you've been criticized by many people, as you referred to. uh, New York Post Brian Wacker uh, reported that the 9-11 families sent you and others a letter, uh, alluding, of course, to Osama bin Laden and the 15 of 19 hijackers that the Saudis, uh, of course, sent. And um, that they say, now you are a partner with them, and you appear to be pleased in your business with them. Terry Strada is the person, of course, who wrote this letter, and her husband got on the, the plane in Boston that flew into the uh, into the World Trade Center. Um, and they say the deaths of your fellow Americans. No, I've read all that. Is there okay. a question in there? Yes, there is. Um, how do you explain to them, not to us, but to them what you've decided to do? I would say to um, the Strada family, I would say to everyone that um, has lost loved ones, lost friends in 9-11, that I have deep, deep empathy for them. Um, I I can't emphasize that enough. I I, um, have the deepest of sympathy and empathy for them.
0: What a dirty question. And he
1: just leaves it at that. And I don't blame him. Uh, I, I bet he looks like he's thinking of what I'd like to say. You know, what I'd like to say, Go. you know, what about whatever? What about, you know, I mean, you know, I, you know, how my father made a living and, and, and I'm glad he did was he worked at Raytheon. Worked at Raytheon, like a lot of people in New England. Um, they sold lots of things to Saudi Arabia. You know, um, should I feel bad? They, they, that's how the, the the food was put on the table in my house. There's lots of people in New England who I, I believe they were the number one or two employer uh, in Massachusetts till recently. They're now moving out. Of course, they can only handle so much of this screwed up left wing uh, place, and they're they're moving to Virginia. But uh, I mean, if you're gonna trace and track and say, well, that that money's from somebody, uh, some some immoral place or person or, or or prince, can't take that. But no one will ever ask, will they? Will they ever ask? Uh, you know, Rory McElroy or John Rahm or whoever's uh, say, you know, do you to feel bad about all the victims of the, I mean, there's, there's, there's millions of victims of, of, of uh, the Chinese communist party. You feel bad? Do you take taking their money? What do you say to them? Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's a legit question. And I think Mickelson handled it fine. I don't think he uh, expounded like he probably wanted to, but uh, I'd, I'd like to hear it. Like to hear them ask all the guys, Sergio and, and Fowler and Reed and ask them all that, and then turn around and ask all the guys who are playing for the PGA tour, how do you feel that the PGA tour is in business with the Chinese
0: communist party? How does that make you feel? Didn't uh, Mercedes Benz make the German tanks for world war two?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a great, there's a great riff on that from Sarah Silverman. One of the most offensive (laughs) riffs I've ever heard, but how the uh, Mercedes Benz, uh, you know, yes, they were. Uh, yeah. I, I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. We'll that. Save that for our. Save that. For, see if Blind Mike wants to do it. See, that's a good uh, comedy take on the most offensive thing you've ever heard. And Sarah Silverman has a, a few. I'd say if you went top 10 most offensive riffs from comedians, Sarah Silverman would have two or three in the top 10 for sure. But we don't have to get into that now. But there's always going to be. Uh, at some point where you're taking money from somebody, not the most you know redeeming human beings. and this is the case and they're using it. And Jay Monahan and the media, the complicit media will use it, say, how do you feel? But a couple things. you know, uh, I, I think all the players can rationalize it. Hell, they've all played in Dubai. you know they've all played in the Middle East. They played in places where it's illegal to be a homosexual. We know that, and they've all again cashed checks from from communist China. So uh, you know, I guess they'll all be asked that question. They'll all have their own answer, and again, ask the uh, uh, the people uh, who are stuck with the PGA Tour as well. But his. Here's what I think is going to, when we're all said and done and we move on past this and get through the U.S. Open and they go off and play their live tournaments and we watch on YouTube and the PGA Tour goes on and plays their tournaments, is you're going to say, this is good for the tour. This is good for the, I mean, not the tour. It's good for the sport. There's been more intrigue. I've seen more people on Twitter who say, I never really care that much about golf and maybe you watch the Masters of the U.S. Open, but you know, the intrigue, intrigue is always good for anything, for sports or whatever, Hollywood or music. Intrigue, politics, intrigue is fun for if you're looking for to get eyeballs, to get to get ratings, to get spectators, to get viewers. And this just adds so much intrigue. I believe Phil's playing in the first round with uh, Kevin Na, a couple of uh, prominent live golfers. And I'm curious: will they be booing him? Will they be rooting against him? There are people who who. Are pissed that they didn't uh, uh, that they turned their back on the PGA Tour after all the tour did for them. How could they do that? So there'll be people rooting against him, wishing the worst for him, which just adds intrigue. I mean, he's out there wearing all black with his beard and that kind of dour look on his face. It's a whole new Phil Mickelson. But the same with Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Bryson DeChambeau. They're all going to be viewed as turncoats by a certain number of fans. And that adds something. That adds a little element, a little edge to this. What if there's a, you know, Dustin Johnson or, or Kevin Na or Patrick Reed's, you know, final day of a live guy against a loyal PGA Tour guy going down the stretch back nine. It'll be awesome. It'll be good for the sport and good for it'll be good for the for the
0: viewers. But we'll see how it shakes out. And live, I, I, live I, wins down the stretch. That would be something. <laughs>
1: I have no problem with uh, them grilling. Although Christine Brennan's just trying to draw attention to herself. I have no problem with them grilling Phil, but let's grill everybody. Let's see how everybody feels about the source of the big money that they're all making. And don't we all have our price? Phil Mickelson didn't jump for, you know, 5 million bucks or 10 million. He jumped for $200 million. Settle all those scores. All the debts are now paid and He'd won his majors, never won the U.S. Open, but he won majors, he won Masters, he made money, he had a great career. He's a Hall of Famer. He's probably not going to win anymore anyway. He's 52, 53, and he's now he's making 200 million. I think we all have our price. Price and uh, Greg Norman and the Saudi prince, they met, matched, exceeded Phil's price, but. All right, that is, uh, that that's what we saw coming. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what else we saw coming is uh, ESPN. They're not happy with Jack Del Rio, but, and I knew this would happen. I knew they'd, they'd say, you know, oh, he's downplaying uh, January 6th and he's, he's uh, he, a racist, doesn't have any, doesn't uh, understand what BLM's all about. But uh, this was interesting. You had a bunch of dopes on ESPN criticizing Jeff uh, Jack Del Rio for being ignorant which is just rich ignorant from these idiots who think you know four cops died and Brian Sicknick got beaten to death with a with a fire extinguisher and it was almost I mean, we almost lost the government all the typical stupid ill-informed left-wing talking points they were all repeated on ESPN we'll get to that and uh Ooh, we have, uh, we have uh, Paul Pelosi's mugshot, which I never thought we'd get to see. Credit, by the way, to Jesse Waters. His show put major pressure on the, on the cops and the DA out there and finally got the mugshot. We haven't got the dash cam, but we got the mugshot. We'll show you that. And LeBron James, surprisingly, unusually silent about a violent crime right in his, uh, in his parking lot outside his high school We'll tell you about that, but uh, let me tell you about Radix first. All right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas, and they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta-8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S., and their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great-tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. Another popular item, Delta 8 Vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products, Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced New tropics. All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code Jerry at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. I uh, know, shocker, no shocker. They spent a lot of time on, on first take with Stephen A., and his crew talking about Jack Del Rio and the 100,000, you know, I, I, I gotta get past this story cause it pisses me off so much. It just, I mean, I cannot believe. And, uh, you know, I tweeted about this. We talked about it yesterday. I can't believe we've reached this point where a man has to hand over a hundred thousand dollar check for saying something that's not popular among the media or among you know the most of the institutions in this country, he wouldn't toe the line. He wouldn't tell the same lie about 9 11, about 9 11, about January 6th, which is worse than 9 11. Let's get it straight. Uh, he wouldn't tell that lie. He wouldn't lie about, uh, the BLM riots. He told the truth. He did it respectfully. He said, he just wanted a conversation, just wanted a dialogue. That's all. He used a noun. They didn't like dust up. Which is a vague term, anyway. It just I mean, it couldn't, you know. It it was a dust up. It was a lot of other things, but that upset people. We now we now have a a new rule. You are you will offend. It is offensive not to repeat the same big lie that the media and the and the Democrats and professional sports and big tech and academia have all decided that this is how it's going to be. The BLM riots, which caused $2 in damages, killed 25 people, injured 2,000 cops, those were for social justice. Those were cries for for change. Those were for for black lives. And if you say, no, they were worse than January 6th, which they certainly were, you're not entitled to that opinion it's not even an opinion, it's a fact, but you're not even entitled to those facts. You're not entitled to your own facts. That's the point we've reached. And if you dare step out of line, they will take money out of your pockets, $100,000. It's sad that we all can't agree that this is flat out un-American. That's what it is. It is un-American. But on cue, the clowns at ESPN came down hard on Jack Del Rio, and as you'd expect, they came from a place of ignorance, and uh, I don't know what which cuts we have here. Stephen A. was on with uh, was a Ryan Clark, as well as uh, Marcus Spears, and they all agree. You know, Jack Del Rio was out of line and everything else. But I love Stephen A.'s take. He he's he's ignorant, and Jack. I'd love to have explain to me what Jack Del Rio said or did that was ignorant. And he's white, so he can't know. Like, if you're white, you can't understand. The how much damage was done, or how many lives were lost, or how many cops were injured? What does being white or black have to do with that? If you compare numbers, stats, damage, length of time, oh, you know, injuries, death. What does it matter if you're white or black? I mean, you line the two up, you compare them. I mean, you can discuss it and say, you know, that the, the, the whatever the January six was not for as good a cause. I guess you could say that as the BLM riots but you can't say you don't understand the number of cops who are injured over here. You get 2000 over here. You have 140. Those that's object. Those are objective numbers. That's not debatable, but I guess, you know, where race is involved in politics and, and where just dopes on ESPN, uh, you know, have to chime in, I guess, uh, I guess someone like Stephen A can accuse Jack Del Rio of being ignorant and isn't that rich. But let's listen to these two dopes
3: uh, discuss uh, the dust-up. He's white. He's not black. And there's an awful lot of white people that cannot in any way identify with the plight that African-Americans feel physically, emotionally, spiritually, subliminally. The list goes on and on and on. When are we going to stop expecting them to do that? We have to get to a point where we look at a Jack Del Rio and what he said and actually be gratified that there was somebody that was willing Hmm. to be open about their ignorance. Guess why? Jack Del Rio shouldn't be uh, uh, vilified. He shouldn't be somebody that's excoriated and nobody wants to talk to him again. You know what black people should be willing to do? They should be willing to walk right up to Jack Del Rio. Hey, how you doing? Let's have a conversation about what you said. Let me use this as an opportunity to educate you. Because if we're ever gonna have any hope towards making this world a better place, Making somebody cower and hide and and muzzle themselves and never feeling free to speak up only disguises what they're feeling, which harbors and harnesses the ignorance. Therefore, they walk around feeling ignorant, being oblivious to the kind of things that plague them and us and our society, and none of us get any better. But when he was willing to be open, I found nothing offensive. About what he said, I thought it was ignorant, I oh, thought God. it was ill informed. Right. I- whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, bro. Sorry, hold it right there, right there. God, 13 million dollars a year, 13 million dollars a year for him to spew this nonsense. For me. it's like he, like he, like he ate a ate a thesaurus and just spitting out <laughs> words that don't, you know, like don't even belong there. Like, look how many I was scoriated, I'm going it's a like gratified. I'm like, what the hell. Stephen A. Smith, who thinks, you know, cops were murdered on January uh, January 6th, who thinks, you know, the BLM riots were just about social justice, thinks Jack Del Rio is ignorant. We shouldn't hold it against him. He's just ignorant because he's white. Think of how freaking I mean, if, if, if this were all, everything were equal, how offensive that would be. He's ignorant because he's white. Well, you know what, Stephen A., you're ignorant. Not because you're black. There's nothing to do with it. You're just ignorant. You're just, you're just ill-informed. You accused Jack Del Rio of being ill-informed. You don't know what you're talking about. Again, what does the plight of black people have to do with the number of cops injured, with the with the damage done, with the places, uh, the small businesses that were burned, with the people who were murdered, including mostly black people? What, is, what does that have to do with the plight of black people, the plight of black people listening to a guy making $13 million a year to spew that nonsense. And he's going to lecture us that somehow we don't understand. Don't understand what exactly the plight of black people in America. You could discuss that all you want. Hell is like he says, we'll have a discussion. What does that have to do with Jan six versus nine, which is summer of 2020 and which did more damage to the country? That's what Jack Del Rio was asking. That's all he was asking. That cost him hundred thousand dollars. This garbage that Stephen A. is spewing will cost him nothing. Quite the contrary, he'll get thirteen. He'll get a million dollars a month for this, so he can be as ignorant as he wants, as inflammatory, incendiary. He can be as racist as he wants, and he's going to make a million dollars a month. Jack Del Rio says, "Hey, I just want to have some dialogue. Ask a question. It cost him a hundred thousand dollars." And by the way, it'll cost him more than that because once he quits or gets fired, everyone's going to think he's radioactive, but doesn't want to touch him, you know, because of, because of the racist things he said, it's just so backwards and upside down and not unexpected from, uh, from ESPN. But, and he just called Jack Del Rio ill-informed. I'd say this about Stephen A. He's ill-informed, but he's probably better informed than anyone else on this show. They all think, oh, insurrection, overthrowing democracy. They could never explain what that means or how that happens. What what does it mean, you know, Marcus Spears, Ryan Clark, whatever, I don't even know what J.J. Redick. Exactly how was the QAnon shaman and a couple of hundred idiots, mega morons, going to overthrow democracy? It, no one ever has to explain that. Benny Thompson, Liz Cheney, they don't have to explain it the media. No one... Explain exactly what they were going to do. They were going to murder Mike Pence and then what? They were going to become the new dictator. How does that work? It's just so frustrating listening to this. And and we'll get to that idiot Stan Van Gundy, who would guarantee will be 100% in agreement with this. But do we have any more from Stephen A? I know you could play him all day because he just
0: babbles on and on and on. But anything else worth playing? Uh, you, just We just stopped right before you, the part you wanted to really hear. Okay, let's, uh, uh,
1: let's, I know he's, he was on this all day, but let's listen to more from, you know, the well-informed Stephen A. Smith.
3: Was ignorant. I thought it was ill-informed. I thought it was foolish for him to think that. But I appreciated the fact that he was honest enough to say, we're all Americans. Let's have a conversation. He didn't say something, go hide, not want to talk to people. He actually invited a conversation.
0: (laughs) and uh,
1: I mean just think he just, he just spent two minutes saying a lot of nothing he appreciates it you know they had a conversation I guess he agrees that he shouldn't be fined
0: hundred grand for saying what he said yeah I appreciate but that I, he wanted to have the conversation but he's right. a friggin idiot
1: it's <laughs> <Okay>, just <laughs> is the right. message okay, okay how about this if, if you're Ryan Clark or whatever the chick Molly whatever how about you say why is he what's he ill-informed on Stephen? what's he got wrong what is Stephen A what is what is Jack Del Rio wrong about? Would he have an answer? He'd say, yeah, the the plight of black people. Well, it doesn't matter. No one's talking about the motive. They're talking about the damage done to cities, to the country. And which was worse, January 6th versus uh, the BLM riots of summer of 2020, which went on. There's only about 600 of them.
0: I was going to say, it's a lot longer than the summer, too.
1: It's true. So two years, and you know, the, it, if if there's some whatever verdict they don't like, if that cop in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who shot the guy who took his taser, if he gets acquitted, he goes to trial, gets acquitted, you know, who, they they had little minor dust up in Grand Rapids after the shooting. If he gets acquitted, maybe we'll have a whole new round. That's you know, it. When you think about it, if you don't think there's any repercussions, no price to pay for burning the, you know, the local, whatever, the local convenience store or throwing a brick at a cop. If there's no price to pay, why not? Why not? That's how you feel. You're pissed off. Go ahead and do it. That's the problem. One side faces repercussions. One side has people who are charged with trespassing who are still in jail after a year and a half, no bail. The other side, they, you know, firebomb a police cruiser burn down a police station and you're out in whatever, a year, two years or less. You're, you're you're bailed out immediately, and all charges are dropped. There's just two standards. That's what Jack Del Rio was talking about. That's what you're ignorant about, Stephen A. But uh, that that that'll go on forever. We'll be we'll be talking about it, and we'll be able to refer to that word salad from uh, Stephen A. Because uh, I don't think he's going to ever going to read up. But all uh, right, we got we got a few other things to get to. I want to. I got to get to. Uh, Shoot, I want to get this LeBron thing, but let's do Karine Saint Pierre, Jean Pierre. I'm sorry, Karine Jean Pierre, because I have a question. I have a question. All right, let me let me ask the question, then I'll do Shay, and we'll get back to uh, Karine Jean Pierre. My question is: If I understand that the Biden administration, everything was about identity politics, that's why they chose uh, Kamala Harris, that's why they chose Steve uh, Pete Buttigieg or Rachel Levine, but and I understand you want people. You want to have people based solely on their immutable characteristics. You have to have a a, a gay guy, a black woman, a, a black woman who's a lesbian, a transgender. You got all you wanted to have all the colors of the rainbow. But you still couldn't you find somebody who was competent? I mean, you couldn't find somebody who was competent. We know what a disaster Kamala Harris is. We know there had to be a better choice. Stacey Abrams, for crying out loud, you could have found, You could have walked down the street and said, found a a black woman who was smarter and worked harder than Kamala Harris. But anyway, you wanted, I guess, a black woman of uh, a gay black woman to be your spokesman. That was the most important thing. I don't know how many gay black women are in this country. Maybe hundreds of thousands, millions. I don't even know. But this is the one you choose. This woman is so unbelievably in over her head. She's sitting there, just has to answer questions. The job is just lie for the president. Chen Psaki did it, did it well. She just lied for the president every day. She can't do that. She's so overmatched. It's uncomfortable to watch. I understand. She's a person of color. Her parents are immigrants. She likes to have uh, relations with other women. That's all very, very important. But what about competency? Honestly, the, this woman is incompetent. We'll play you that. Let me tell you about Shay. We'll get to that. Simple question. I think it was a baby formula, right? Simple question. Something to be ready for. And if you're watching along with us, you'll see how she just can't even find the answer in a notebook and can't answer a simple question. She is so overmatched. It's sad. It's uncomfortable. And, but I guess it doesn't matter because you know, she has a, uh, she likes women. She likes women. That's the most important thing. Right, Joe? Anyway, let me tell you about shade concrete. Let me tell you what they can do for you. It could help you with your new home improvement project. You want to get something done this summer. I got, I got one for you. Brand new precast concrete steps. If you're building a new home or remodeling an old home, uh, getting rid of an old staircase, Shea has great designs that will fit your home. They have many options available, including concrete, or you can customize with beautiful stone or brick. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curve appeal. Shea will remove the old stairs. That's not easy to do either, and they'll have you walking up your brand new front steps within hours. When they are done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's an investment. It's not an expense. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation appearance. In a few hours, you'll, you'll have a brand new front entrance. All the neighbors will be jealous. Learn more about their precast concrete steps at Shayconcrete.com. And while you're there, maybe you can look for a job. Shea's is hiring. They're always hiring. It's a great company business is booming right now. They have between 15 to 20 open positions available. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, let's get to it. Is it the, I know she was bumbling and stumbling all over the place yesterday, but do we have the question about the baby for, uh, yes, no. Is it about baby formula? Yep. It doesn't matter. Cause it doesn't matter what it is. She has no answer. It's just embarrassing. and, an, I don't know how much longer they can leave her there, but she just she's just not up for the job. I mean, it's the easiest job in the world. You just sit there, and you obviously the media, for the most part, is on your side. They're there to help you. They're there to uh, help the president, and uh, you just have to tell lies and and spin, and you know basically speak in cliches. But she can't even do that. Let's listen
2: so i have two questions on baby formula so first um what is the white house what is the latest update the white house has received on the current inf- formula situation across the country yeah let me see if i have anything new for you on that um uh, i think it's been a couple of days since we have asked and asked that question okay I don't have anything new. I know we made some <laughs> announcements last week. Uh, I, don't, I just don't have them in front of me.
1: Oh, she, she, she does. I don't have it. She looks in her notebook, can't find anything, says I don't have anything. Uh, <laughs> I guess I give her credit for not just lying. Like Jensaki would have had a, just spun that thing and you know blame Trump or whatever. And, oh, we're doing some amazing things, flying in Formula for Europe and she just can't do it. She, and I'm telling you, the whole press, not the whole press conference, but there's like this every day. She just vapid, talking about great the economy is. Oh, oh, by the way, I don't know if you can grab this one. She was asked why Biden hasn't said anything about the attempt on Brett Kavanaugh's life. And she said, Oh, the president talked about that. He's very sympathetic. He never mentioned it. She just, I mean, I know her job is to lie, but everyone's looking going, uh, no, actually, the president never mentioned Brett Kavanaugh and the attempted murder. Uh, still hasn't mentioned it. They, they they don't mind it at all. I mean, they they don't want Brett Kavanaugh to get murdered, but they want him to be intimidated. They want him to be scared. They know he has gotten a little squishy in the past. So they're, they're okay with this. They're okay with the protests, as we know, outside their houses. They're okay with the conservative judges being scared for their lives. If not, why don't they say something about it? Why don't they condemn it? Why don't they say get away, get, leave the people, leave their families alone? But they don't because they're they're not upset by it. But I have it right here. I I mean, this is just flat out untrue, and everyone in the media room knows it. But go ahead
2: has now been reported that the marshals, uh, our administration assigned to help protect judges were instrumental uh, in the person not accomplishing the horrible deed it, he set out to do. This is the threat that we saw against Kavanaugh. And so we have taken this very seriously. Like you said, we have com- condemned it, condemned it. The president has and we will continue to do so.
1: It's just not, not true, just completely. But you know what? She doesn't feel, it doesn't feel nefarious. She just feels overmatched. She just doesn't
0: know what she's doing. It's amazing. Again, Don Lemon put her in a locker yesterday. Oh, that's
1: true. Do we have time for this? Do you have the Don Lemon? I do. This is a bad sign when Don Lemon is grilling, asking a actually good question Mm -hmm. of Karine Jean-Pierre. And she takes offense because he's asking about the absolute, you know, deterioration cognitively of the president and how he's just not up for the job, doesn't have the stamina or the energy, I guess, you know, they're desperate at CNN they're actually going to start doing some journalism. And this was a good example, Don Lemon. And I guarantee you he loves her and thinks it's wonderful that she's there because again, she doesn't, she doesn't like men and she's a person of color and her parents come from some other country. Those are important. She's incompetent, but those are important. And Don Lemon is rooting for her, but he still felt the need to ask a good question. Let's listen.
0: Does the president have the stamina, physically and mentally, do you think, to continue on even after twenty
2: twenty four? Don, you're asking me this question. Oh my gosh, he's the president of the United States. You know, it, he. I can't even keep up with it. We just got back from New Mexico. We just got back um, from California. Uh, that is, uh, I, 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 that is not a question that we should be even asking. Just look at the work that he does. Look what he's how he's delivering uh, for the American public. Look that. What, that 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 article that we're talking about is hearsay, it's salacious, that's not what we care about. We care about how we're we going to deliver for the American people. How are we going to make their lives better? That's what the president talks about. That is his focus, uh, and that's where we're going to continue uh, to, to focus on. <laughs>
1: You know what? I have to I don't think I've ever done this. Gotta give Don Lemon credit. Not only does he ask a good question, but he doesn't crack a smile. He's not looking to get playful. No. He's like, seriously, you're you're the president is unfit and everyone knows it. And she's, oh, well, I can't believe
0: you'd ask that. I can't either. I can't believe he asked that. I thought, I thought his uh his inflation question was even better. What I, I didn't hear this one. What did he ask about inflation? Yeah, about how uh, how it's going for Biden and all that. You got right get ready here. All right, let's listen. The oh, yeah. economists do cite the war in Ukraine and supply chain issues. We did have that before the war. Supply chain issues. They also say that last year's stimulus package, which you mentioned, contributed to inflation. Karine, does the Biden administration bear some responsibility for this?
2: So, first of all, um, it, the American Rescue Plan met the moment, and it has put us in a place where we can actually uh, uh, put us in a place where the American people feel can can, can actually we can take on. An- What I mean by that is we've we've seen growth, right, with, as I mentioned, more than 8 million jobs. And now we're transitioning into a steady, a stable growth. The president actually wrote an op-ed to discuss that himself, lay out his plan on how we're going to bring down inflation. And so that's really.
1: It's just just uncomfortable. The president wrote an op-ed. I mean, she tells a lot of lies. It's her job. But that could be the worst one of all. You think the president could write,
0: you know, a grocery list? On his own. He couldn't do it.
1: He no. I
0: think mean, <laughs> the president wrote an op-ed. I like how Don's uh, uh, getting his Tucker face when they're answering I questions. I, I'm
1: telling you, the pressure's on. They apparently got layoffs coming at CNN, and, and their new boss is determined to do some journalism. And maybe Don is going to, you know, maybe he's going to change. And uh, grilling Kareen and and putting her on the spot, that's pretty good. But it put us in the place to put us in the place. That's uh that's a great, great answer. Very insightful. <laughs> she's going nowhere. She'll continue to stumble and bumble just like her boss. And uh, we'll be here for it. We're here for it. Because, man, is she out of her league and over her head. Yeah, All we'll right, we don't have time to get into this LeBron story. We'll do it tomorrow, or we'll do it this week. It's it's incredible. There was a murder in the parking lot. A white kid beaten to death by a bunch of black kids. LeBron James has said nothing about it. He, he Before they even identified the kids who caught the perpetrators. He said thoughts and prayers to whoever. But if this were, uh, you know, the other way around, it'd be the biggest story. LeBron would be tweeting about it demanding justice, but it doesn't fit his narrative. It was in his parking lot, but it doesn't fit his narrative. So we've heard nothing. Maybe, maybe we'll hear something from LeBron. We've heard from the victim's family, uh, who flat out said it was racial, but, uh, LeBron doesn't care because it didn't go his way. But, uh, We'll see if he has anything to say for the next uh, day or two. And uh, we'll give you an update on that tomorrow, but we'll leave it there for today. Quickly. Paul Pelosi. There's the mugshot. Finally released the mugshot. I have to say for an 82 year old drunk, he looks pretty good.
0: Yeah. It's pretty
1: good. He's got all his hair, probably fake, but, uh, Uh, there's another mugshot going around a meme going around where he's got the Nancy Pelosi eyebrows. Have you seen that one? (laughs) Someone put the Nancy eyebrows on him, which is funny as hell. But, uh, thankfully Jesse waters and others have pressured the DA out there. They had to release the mugshot. They're now working on the dash cam or the body cam or the results of the breathalyzer. It's all, I mean, they're trying to bury it. The, The fix is in, I'm not sure it'll succeed because there's a lot of pressure uh, because we know if this were just average schmuck idiot on the street, we'd already have all the info, including the dash cam and the results of the breathalyzer. They're trying to spike at the story. Hopefully they don't succeed. 82 years old out in his Porsche drunk. And we also don't know who's in the car with him. It wasn't Nancy. It wasn't Nancy. We don't know who, maybe we'll find out. Maybe we won't, but we will await further evidence from the uh, from the cops and the DA out there in Napa, but that is Paul Pelosi again. Shouldn't be driving, but I sure don't blame him for drinking. Knowing that you're going home to that, I don't blame him if he uh, self medicates and tries to numb the pain. But we'll leave it there for today. We'll let do uh, a we'll. Uh, We'll keep track of that one. We'll see if we get the dash cam footage and uh, we'll see if the refs continue to screw the Celtics in game uh, six back in Boston. It's going to be good. I like it. I like the series. That game last night was wild. Uh, And I expect more of the same in game six and in game seven on Sunday. And we'll be uh, following the U S open. Can't wait. This is going to be good. This is going to be good, but we'll leave it there for today. Thanks to everybody for watching and listening. Thanks to you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callian. This is the Callahan Show, and am we will I do it again tomorrow. Home,
0: here tonight, shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the
3: Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.